Hey, 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 what's up, everybody? It's Bez. This is Vin. We're coming at you with CubeCast episode six. Has it been six episodes already? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, but today is a funny one. It's about 4X, you know, the Lamborghinis, right? Yeah. The I mean, Ferraris. I'm sure you've all seen it. I mean, now that the, uh, the crypto craze has settled a little bit. You're going to start getting a few DMs. I know I get them all the time. It's just like, hey, man, you want to get really rich? And I'm like, yeah, I do. They're like, <laughs> invest in Forex. And I'm just like, mm, I don't know if it's that easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, they'll, they'll sell you on it. I got to give it to them, man. If they if they fail in Forex, they could be good car salesmen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. But, you know, we see it all the time. And uh, we wanted to educate you guys, let you, let you guys know the real facts behind trading Forex. Yes. And really make sure you understand the what it is. What are the risks involved? Is it for me? And what do I need to learn to yeah. truly be successful and manage my like my investment strategy exactly. in Forex? Well, let, let's start with this first. What does Forex stand for? Oh, you mean FX? You mean currencies? Forex? Foreign exchange? You hear all these terms, right? Yep. But we all we know they're all the same thing. Yes. Um, foreign exchange is essentially just buying a currency with another currency. Like, let's say... Uh, simple example in an everyday life setting, you're taking a vacation to Europe, you're taking a vacation to Spain, you have US dollars and you want to buy some euros. Exactly. Um, that's foreign exchange. But where foreign exchange gets really interesting is its real volume and scale. I mean, historically, all these countries have had their own currencies because they all grew up isolated from each other. Uh, and they had their own central banks adjusting their own monetary policy. But nowadays, we're in a very interconnected, globalized world. Uh, and you know, Apple is even Apple is selling their iPhone in Malaysia, in China, in London, in Hong Kong. But they're a U.S.-based company. Yep. So how do they bring their money back? So exactly. you have all these large corporations and even small players, like people traveling, they want to like go somewhere else. And obviously they don't have the local currency there. I mean, nowadays a lot of places take credit card, but you know, it's not, uh, it's not always widely accepted in certain countries and you always want to have a little cash as a backup. So in terms of liquidity, liquidity, meaning like market participants, the amount of orders that are available, how quickly you can buy and sell stuff, it's the most liquid market in the world. Yeah. Um, and as a result of that, there's a lot of people who want to get involved with it to trade currencies to, you know, exactly, and, and make money that way. Okay. Um, so that that's, in a nutshell, what Forex is and, like, how it plays into the world. And uh, obviously, when there's a market to buy and sell things, there's people that want to take advantage of arbitrage, you know, statistical patterns, and, like, they want to make money. Always. You know. Always. You always have those guys. So like, walk, yeah. us, walk us through the basics here, Vin. Okay. So the basics uh, is essentially of, like, you know, what are you buying and selling when you're trading Forex? I, I touched on it a little bit before, uh, and it's a currency pair. Uh, and I like to call it two's a company. Um, so in the investment guide, which we also have linked in the show notes, we're gonna we have some more detailed explanations. But just for as like a higher level overview, um, you know, the currency pair is something you need to understand well. It's fairly basic in terms of understanding. Uh, there's a base currency and a quote currency. Right, so okay. every pair you'll see two things. That's why I said two's a company. So let's say one of the most liquid pairs in the world, one of the most common ones you'll see is Euro USD. 
Yeah. Um, so you'll see a code as EUR slash USD, EUR dash USD. And basically what that is, the one on the left, the euro or the first thing you see is your base currency. And the one on the right is your quote currency. Uh, so the base currency is, um, is basically what you're, what you're putting in and what you're going to get out. Okay. Right from base to what the quote is. Okay. So you'll see a rate of 1.1732. Um, and at that rate, you know that one euro equals 1.1732 dollars. Yes. So that's the conversion that you see. Uh, and pairs are generally quoted in standard convention. So euro USD is always traded as euro USD. If you want to trade in one direction, you buy it. If you want to trade in the other direction, you sell it. Gotcha. Um, so that's kind of how the quote works and you'll be wondering, Hey, I only paid it to things in the penny. Why are there two extra decimal places? Uh, because the Forex market is so liquid, uh, spreads, meaning the difference between like, you know, the bid and the ask, mm -hmm. um, is very tight. Yep. Um, and, and they go a long way when you, when you're, when you're doing millions of dollars in transactions, yeah. that fourth decimal place is a lot of money. Yeah. Cause Apple's selling millions of units in Asia. Yep. Right. Just a point oh 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 one difference, like a pip difference. That's what it's called. That's the smallest unit of, uh, well, the accuracy of a quote in forex is a pip. So to the fourth decimal place, that'll make a difference, as you said, of like billions of dollars. Yeah. If they're doing trillions in volumes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just throwing Seriously. numbers out there. Um. So yeah, that's kind of what the pair is and uh, how to read it. Um. So if we take an example. You're taking a trip to Spain, you got $1,000, and as we talked about before, your Euro USD quote is 1.1737, but wait, that's how many dollars comes out of a Euro, but I have US dollars and I got to turn them back into Euros. Now it's in reverse, yep. So now it's in reverse. So a little simple math, you know, dark magic, uh, <laughs> you know, nothing, too uh, nothing too fancy, but all you have to do is one over that to flip the direction. That's it. Uh, if you want to get your quote. But when you're transacting on the market, you're going to sell a euro USD pair. Okay. Um, so this way now you're, instead of converting your euro into dollar, you're converting your dollar into euro. Okay. Um, so, you know, if you do the math, it'll be something like $850 out of your th thousand, well, 850 euros will result from your thousand US dollars. Exactly. Um, I know I'm heading to Europe in a couple months and... <laughs> Thankfully, the dollar has gotten stronger over the last month or so. Yeah, you know, which is nice uh, because it was around, I think, seventy nine cents. Yeah. Right, about two months ago. Now it's around, I believe, last I checked, it's it like around eighty five cents. Eighty five cents. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which that is was nice. The number that I which is nice. Pulled up. When I went two years ago, it was close to ninety cents, which was really, really nice. Yeah. No, I was in. Um, uh, what was it? I think it was Frankfurt Airport, and it's just like just from the currency difference, like you have the ability for arbitrage. So, you know, I'm really into watches. Yeah. Uh, I was getting a really good deal in the airport over there. Cause at the time Euro, uh, Euro USD was like a dollar seven. Wow. So, you know, the dollar was really strong. I could go over there, buy this watch, bring it back, make like a grand on it. Damn. <laughs> so did you, did you do it? Uh, I didn't do that one. Mostly because I, when I was thinking about it, because I would have to put a lot of money out, yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. I would have been very tempted to keep it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but watches, I, I did it on my my most recent trip uh, to India when the dollar did strengthen a little bit. Really, so you can play a little bit of arbitrage uh, just in terms of products that 
happen to be less expensive for you to buy in your U.S. dollars in a different country. Exactly. So it's like not only just trading the currency, but, you know, you can do other things with oh, it. Yeah. Like mix in demand for product. From a with personal it. level to a corporate level. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, companies do it all the time for like, you know, even not necessarily what the labor rate is over there, but because the dollar is strong, now they can they can move their money over there and it's even cheaper mm-hmm. because the dollar is stronger today. Exactly. Um, but not everything is dollar based. Um, and But most pairs that you'll see quoted on the market are dollar based uh, or dollar quoted. So either dollar will be the first or the second thing. And those are generally the most liquid pairs. Okay. Um, but then you can also have dollar neutral trades, which is where you'll do a cross currency trade. So instead of doing a euro dollar, you can do euro to uh, Swiss franc, right? And they're mm-hmm. both quoted differently. Either you buy and sell both like in the U.S. pair to make it work out that way, mm. or you can do it uh, in a different way where you buy that specific pair, okay. um, which is a little bit less saying. liquid. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so all these things are traded a, a little bit differently, but... Let's talk a little bit about the pros and cons of FX. Okay. Um, so pros and cons of FX, y- you know, a lot of people are going out there being like, I can make so much money on FX, like, you know, but we just talked about the margins, like even the bid ask are so like low yeah. and everything, it's, it's almost like a, a, some, like a race to, a rat race to zero because everything like one will gain the other one will lose and eventually the other one will gain and the the, the one that you just bought last time loses. Yeah. So you yeah. constantly <laughs> have to be flipping around and the returns in forex actually aren't that high on a percentage basis. Um, typically if like you see a large fund trading FX like if they do 5% a year on cash trades they're doing like pretty all right. Yeah. Um, just because Spreads are tight, uh, depending on which currencies you're involved with. If it's like in an emerging market or like a G10 currency, meaning like one of the major global powers. Uh, But where you really have the advantage to make a ton of money is all of these brokers offer leverage. Uh, And leverage is essentially, I can put in $1,000, but trade $50,000. So typically you'll see leverage in the range of like 50 to 1 to 200 to 1. That's crazy. Um, So... But that's a pro and a con, right? Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. If you're on the wrong side of that trade. Yeah, levered up that much. Yeah, no, you're in really bad shape. Um, So, you know, leverage is why so many people are active in the market because it's a low cost to entry. But keep in mind that it comes with a ton of risk, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And also, it's not just a matter of buying and selling certain things. You really have to understand what it means and why things are going up and why things are going down. Oh, yeah. There's a huge macroeconomic, you know, landscape that affects everything. Mm-hmm. You know, how how does the, you know, Fed increasing interest rates affect things, you know? Yeah, um, you want to you talk about yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, bit? right off the bat, you're going to see, and we're already seeing it. I mean, interest rates are going up. The dollar is generally going to get stronger as people chase yield that's attractive in the U.S. And if enough people want to come to, you know, let's say the people in Japan, they want to come over to, you know, change their yen to dollars... Well, now that affects the currency, you know, exchange there. And now maybe it's not as profitable for the Japanese to buy U.S. bonds. You know, I mean, I think I spoke to you about what happened to the um, the actual real yield f- 
for people in Japan who wanted to buy U.S. bonds yeah. several years back. Yeah. Because there was there's negative interest rates over there, mm-hmm. especially at the time, and um, the U.S. was just offering uh, higher interest rates here, and they weren't even great to begin with. But they were yeah. just, they were more they were better than negative. <laughs> better than negative, yeah. You know, yeah. so um, they were converting their yen to U.S. dollars, and so many people it was such a flooded trade that the Japanese investors were actually losing more money buying U.S. positive U.S. rates in bonds. Okay, they were actually losing more money than their negative rates in their own country because yeah. so many people were converting their yen to the dollar. Yeah, that is ridiculous. That's crazy. <laughs> it it is mind blowing to hear about. You know, and yeah. and but that's what's at play here. Forex, I I really hate, and this is one of the cons we probably don't even have listed. These people on Instagram and these scam artists have completely ruined the image of forex. Yeah, they have. They have tainted the entire image, yeah. and it's awful. And they're doing the same thing to cryptocurrency, yeah. and they, and they can find something else to do it to also. Yeah. Okay. Um. It, it's like it, it, they couldn't just stay in penny stocks, right? <laughs> they have to. They have to keep like just upping their game. Yeah. And it sucks because FX is really an intricate market. It's oh, really it's a intricate. cool place. Yeah. To you know analyze. Yeah. And they've made it this like they don't even provide you with FX updates or anything. They're just posting pictures of like Leonardo DiCaprio on Wolf of Wall Street and a Lamborghini yeah. or a screenshot of a trade they made or didn't make that you can't, you can't even confirm. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's ridiculous. They tell you to join their own trading groups, but, but that, like it's, it's dumb. It yeah. really is. Like this yeah. is what's cool. Knowing yeah. that, you know, Japanese investors sought more yield in the U.S., but because they, it was such a flooded trade. They sent the dollar so strong that it was actually worse for them to invest in our positive rates than keeping their own negative rates. Yeah. Like that to me <laughs> is awesome. Yeah. That, uh, I feel bad for them, but it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And and it's it's always like it's two layers. It's not just the trade of the currency, but it's also what you're buying and selling underneath. Exactly. So it, it's, it is a very interesting market. And to your point, like because there's such high demand for it, plus there's a lot of big money at play. Mm-hmm. And as we talked about earlier, the liquidity in the market, and I'm sure you know you've taken some basic statistics class. We've done our own research in the past. Um, The law of large numbers. Uh, If you have any sort of like hypothesis you want to test, or let's say you want to test any like technical strategy or do some sort of technical indicator that is what you're going to use to buy and sell something, Mm -hmm. FX is the perfect market for it. It is. Because you have the biggest sample size right? Markets are the closest to efficient as they can be, right? So all those efficient market theories and stuff like that are closer to being true in the FX market compared to other markets. Yeah. And what you have is beyond just fundamental analysis, you have people doing a lot of technical analysis. Yep. Um, and so the way that if someone asks me, do you believe like technical strategies are real? It's the same thing, uh, like, because I come from like a science background, uh, it's the same reason that I believe that the Fibonacci sequence is real, that Euler's constant is real. There's just these natural numbers that are just at play in the world. And if the markets are very efficient, to me, it's very believable that technical indicators are very true. Yeah. Right. And that they do hold a lot of value specifically in the FX markets. Okay, great. Um, yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. No, yeah. There's definitely some uh, some truth to be held, held there. Yeah. So, 
I mean, let's talk a little bit about, I mean, we talked a little bit about um, how you trade it, why you trade it. We talked a little about the fundamentals. We talked a little bit about the technical analysis. Obviously, we're not going to go in depth on teaching the theory behind technical analysis no, because no. That's, a, that's a deep, deep learn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's talk about like how you'd go about trading it and what markets exist for it, right? Yeah. So there's, there's, we're going to cover two out of like four markets, really. Okay. Um, so the four markets that I'm talking about are the spot market, the futures contracts, forwards contracts, and derivatives. Uh, derivatives, we're going to touch on a little bit deeper in another podcast and another guide. Um, but we'll talk a little about the spot market. Spot market is what we're talking about before. You have a pair, you want to either buy or you want to sell it. Uh, typically, you'll do it on... Um, on an exchange or through like a broker that are, they're all kind of interconnected electronically. Uh, so they're not really as regulated as like a centralized exchange, like the New York stock exchange or CME. Yeah. Um, but that's how like the, those are traded. And then also you can engage in like buy and selling futures contracts. Uh, futures contracts are just, you agree to buy and sell something at a predetermined price uh, with a cassette expiry date. Yep. Um, and then you can fulfill that order at that point, point in time. And either when you have to fill that order and fulfill that obligation in the futures contract, you will either lose or gain money. Yes. And the person on the other side of the contract will do the opposite of yep. whatever you did. But it's, it's good for planning and everything. Like yeah. that. That's why they set that, that price and lock things in just to avoid yeah. any kind of you know potential market turmoil mm-hmm. or just for better overall planning, supply chain, everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So from... Uh, Future uh, FX has a lot of functional aspect to a lot of large or global organizations. Yeah, um, and same thing. If you are a very large uh, player in the FX market, you could enter into a forward agreement. So the retail investor probably won't have access to this, but a forward agreement is kind of like a futures contract, but with a little bit more flexibility in the sense that it's over the counter, so it's not done over any exchange. It's not set on like like by anyone is not standardized, mm-hmm. but you basically create a contract with someone else over the counter and do the agreement similar in the way that you would do yeah. a futures contract. Um, yeah, so that's that was really jam-packed. That was jam-packed, yeah. I mean, you just always have to, and I, there's another point I want to make before we wrap it up, is that, um, you know, you hear a lot of these companies, that these multinational companies, that uh, when they report their earnings, mm-hmm. they'll say, yeah, you know, Profits were down or revenue was down this this uh, quarter because of currency, you know, because, guys, there's a lot of business to be done outside of the United States. And when you want to count that money in dollars, you have to convert it back. And if the dollar keeps getting, you know, stronger or getting weaker, it's going to affect big time. On your bottom line. It's going to affect it big time. And, And that's something when they say, oh, currency affected us. That's what they mean. Yeah. That's what they mean. And they'll, they'll go into the FX markets to try to hedge some of that risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so uh, that's what's at play here. It, it, it's it's bigger than just like a, some guy day trading from his phone. Yep. The FX market is not one you mess around with. No. It's, it, it, it's, a, it's a mammoth. Yeah, it's a huge mammoth. And if you're not interested in investing in the FX markets, you indirectly are a participant in the FX markets. Of course. If you are involved or you're investing in a global company. Yeah. It's just, there's no way around it. Honestly, you know, like I I personally don't have any kind of FX. I don't do any of those strategies and it's Mm -hmm. not my portfolio. It's not my cup of tea. But like you said, I own companies that are 
U.S. based. I do a lot of business uh, overseas, or mm-hmm. vice versa. We own companies that are overseas that do a lot of business in the United States. And yeah, it, it's it's all connected. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, that was great, Vin. Thank yeah. you for that breakdown. That was huge, guys. Yeah. We're putting out the uh, the slide deck, the whole investment guide for you to actually see everything. It's a little more detailed, a little more in depth, but uh, it's a great supplement to this podcast and vice versa. So. Feel free to check that out, download it, share it with your friends, and we'll catch you all in the next episode. Take care.